0: Black lives matter, black lives matter, yeah, 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 trying to live my life, putting purpose over profit, too many fallen soldiers, too many slain prophets, eyes on the prize, yeah, I gotta watch it, agents amongst us, get your hand out my pocket. I'm sick with the pet. Brothers and sisters are sick in the pet. Oppressed by the man, attacked by the clan. America's plan. Depression sets in. People becoming so hopeless. Said we can't breathe, they still choke us. They put the body cam on. It's either turned off or out of focus. Yeah, another death, another life. They pull the trigger. No thinking twice. The cops be wildin'. The killing youth. The new Jim Crow. A different noose. It's the beast, it's the beast. Mark of the beast. Cease and desist. Increase the peace. Move in silence. Don't make a sound. But when they come, stand your ground. R.I.P. To all the martyrs, say your prayer. Heavenly Father.
1: Black Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Yeah.
2: All right, everyone. Welcome to another live episode of the Creative Gourd, and I am one of your hosts, Josh Waring, and we also are joined by Professor Yisrael How are you doing today, Professor? Yo, yo. I'm doing well. Good, brother. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. Thank you. Very excited because this is another fantastic idea by the professor. The excuse me, the monthly now Mm -hmm. uh, viewers' choice live Q and A. So we're just gonna. because as we see, we have a lot of great viewers and participants in the comments who ask a lot of great questions. So we also wanted to, you know, honor them and say thank you for tuning in, and also give them the space to ask such great, probing, thought-provoking questions.
0: Absolutely, and I have to give a quick shout out. Um, keep, uh, you know, a few orders of business. So um, I want to give a shout out to my father-in-law. Uh, so shout out to Bleached um sock passe for hooking your boy up with a bottle you know what i mean so he sponsored he sponsors the bottle of the brown so um just want to give him a shout out on this platform because he's a, a fervent um supporter and watcher of both the creative gourd and brown juice barbershop so shout out to the the og
2: og Bleach. sock passe sock pocket time you know
0: <laughs> yes sir yes sir
2: and we also have to give a quick shout out to Game seven character builders. And that's our sponsor for this today, for our episode. And I'm wearing their uh, merch. Let me get that out the way. There you go. There it is. (laughs) Ha ha. So shout out to Malk and KG and Justo. And here's a little clip from what these brothers have been doing.
0: 30 day shift, day 30. Here are four habits of a successful relationship. Be curious not critical. Be careful, not crushing. Ask questions, do not assume, and connect before you correct. Be curious, be careful, ask questions, and connect. Do not be critical, do not crush, do not assume, and do not correct if you do not connect first. Learn about relationships with us at Game7.com and shop with us at Game7Shop.com.
2: Thank you for tuning into our 30-day shift and drop a comment below, sharing what you learned. Easy work. Absolutely. And the link to that is in the description. You should get some fantastic socks like these with the Game 7 logo on it with the rose and also this shirt as well.
0: Hey, you now that's dope. I, I, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling. It. I gotta go take a trip to the Game Sevens
2: merch store. Absolutely. Since we, uh, we failed that question on this, <laughs> we had to. Uh, I, I know I had to, you know, atone for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. You gotta repent and redeem yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure I do the same when I get the chance.
2: Yeah, right. And uh how's everything with uh, Brown Drew's barbershop? Shout out to Brother Dre.
0: Yeah. Shout out to Brother Dre. Things are good, man. Right now we're um, we're at the juncture of, uh, I think we have about 50 subscribers. Um, I'm picking some stuff up on our uh, Instagram page. So I'm trying to be a little bit more active. Um, so folks at Brown's Barbershop, I'm trying to be a little bit more behind the scenes with you know the bottles that I or Dre bring to, um, to the show, um, as well as a little bit more history behind it, or at least our relationship to the bottle, a little bit of teasers for the show that's coming up. Um, and just trying to engage with folks, there's a lot of bourbon enthusiasts out there. And if anybody knows anything about, um, spirits or fine spirits or those that are premium or those that are top shelf, um, and you think about its relationship to black folks, particularly African-Americans in in many spaces, um, they usually always try to, uh, market to people with, you know, things that are sweeter, Mm
2: -hmm. things
0: that don't have like a higher sophisticated taste or higher proof, um things that are like more so low budget bourbon or low budget spirits. Um, and traditionally speaking, if you look at the black community, folks are a little bit more so um, into cognac and vodka in some spaces, as opposed to like, you know, um, whiskey, um, traditionally speaking. However, there's been a, a a boom in bourbon sales, particularly amongst millennials. Um, and, you know, those folks who are coming behind millennials generation Zers who are starting to enter that market. Um, and a lot of it is because of the branding, rebranding. You have uh, folks like um, the Black Bourbon Society who are really uh, making sure that uh, the bourbon market speaks to the consumers who look like you and I um, and not speaking to to us in terms of pandering or speaking mm-hmm. to us in a condescending way, which is like, oh, let's get some hip hop stars, pour out some crystal and stuff. Right. No, not that type of thing. More of the sophisticated palette. Um realizing that there's some troubled history behind how things were made in the beginning, thinking about you know when they were made, um who was probably making it, um who was getting credit and who wasn't? Um, so there's a lot of things about that. So I think what we're doing at Brown's barbershop is trying to bring awareness to a number of different things, particularly in diversity, equity, inclusion space, talk about social justice, et cetera. But also, you know, sometimes it's cool to pour a little brown and just sit down and have a conversation. Um, and sometimes it makes things a little easier, too. So, um, I'm all about breaking bread and building bridges, and sometimes you gotta pour some brown for that too.
2: Absolutely, and I feel like that is a, a key part of our heritage, and it's also I feel like a very healthy thing to see people who are intellectual and have great, stimulating conversations. You know, moderately uh, indulging in it in a balanced and fashionable way.
0: Yeah, and and it, and what I appreciate about it is because it, it combines a couple of things that's near and dear to me. Um, you know, if you've ever gone to the barbershop, that experience um, is amazing just to be amongst people who are, could be talking about anything. It could be anything about politics. It could be hip hop. Um, It could be talking about their family life and what's going on. Someone driving them crazy and wants some advice, et cetera. Um, But there's lots of uh, community um, building that takes place in the barbershop. Um, Those are some of the institutions that really gave us the first entrepreneurs that we have in our communities. Um, And some of the places that actually were gathering spots that really not only provided a space for people to plan the movement, but also were those folks who backed financially the movement. Right. Um, just think about the history of barbershops. then think about the history of, you know, folks getting together and just having a good time, you know, slapping fives, playing some space, pouring some moonshine or making some. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really about just indulging in each other's company and then the spirits that we're consuming. Um, that's just added. That's added flavor to the conversation to add further content
2: absolutely and it reminds me of the you know the different gourds that you spoke of before that led to the thinking gourd and thus the creative gourd as well
0: yes sir yes sir for sure um and you know just really thinking about you know my brand if nothing else I hope folks understand um that it's really an opportunity about using education for emancipation and realizing that everything that we say might be something that folks might agree with or disagree with And we're we're welcome to both. Let's have a conversation. I want, it's it's really about open dialogue. Um, I don't think conversations hurt people as long as folks are willing to listen Mm. and not listen to respond, but listen to understand, and then you can respond and have a conversation and share your viewpoint. Um, so I think whenever we can sit down and break bread and have those open conversations, um, when we can be honest with each other, be vulnerable, that's where true growth comes from. Um, and the more and more we can provide those spaces. And I think the great thing about being in this time, if there's any silver lining is that we have to rely on technology a little bit more so to connect with each other. And in many ways it's connected us even more so, um, because things have been a little bit more efficient because, you know, we'd be tempted to just always get together and we'll have to plan things around each other's schedule for more. So, but now you're not factoring in the time that you have to actually travel to go see someone, right. You could just go to your basement or wherever you're filming, right. And just plug in, get on zoom. Get on StreamYard, whatever the case may be, and connect that way. So um, it's it's really just us having conversations we would normally have over a burger or over some wings with some beer, some some coffee, um, mm-hmm. some brown juice, um, and just letting folks in on that conversation. Um, so I guess everyone out there like flies on the wall in the barbershop, but we want you to be a little bit more, just engage with us, connect with us, and you know, send us some things. If, if you're sipping on something you want us to sip on too let us know. If there's something that you're thinking about that you you know, you know, really is just stirring your spirit and you just need to talk to someone about it, or you want to hear other people talk about it, let us know.
2: Absolutely. Because you guys are very interactive in the comments. So I know every time I get inspired, I always have to leave a comment. You guys reply at least within the day, which is fantastic.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. And I mean, speaking of platforms, good brother, because you got like, um, like Malk was saying last time when we were on his <laughs> joint, you got like about 59,000 um, you know, uh podcast going, brother, and you, you be putting in work, and you just, it's almost like you you open up a new one each day. You know, you're out here, you like you like the ditty of podcast. So, um
2: well, hopefully not the ditty, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: You're doing your thing. Well, you probably about to be a Dame Dash of podcast. How how about that? You you, you got your own thing, your own brand, something like that.
2: Something like that. I'll take it. I appreciate the compliment, nonetheless. Good sir, thank you. Okay. Shout out, Mrs. Jizzy, because love the Brown Juice Barbershop. Great combos. I agree, thousand percent. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: uh, do you want to? Because I feel like one of the great things that you do, in addition to being yourself, is asking wonderful, introspective questions. Do you want to set the tone for everyone? since this, this is the live Q&A, to get people uh, more comfortable asking probing questions. Sure. And by set
0: the tone, you mean ask a question?
2: Uh, or, or prose, either way. Hmm.
0: Okay. Um. Let's see. So I was I was talking about you and all the great things that you're doing, because I wanted to ask this question. Hmm. So to folks don't know. Can you talk to them before we begin? Talk to folks about poetic harm so they know what the question is going to be about.
2: Okay, so poetic charm, as Mix alluded to, is one of my dating podcasts. So it's under the Josh Waring brand, and we have uh, essentially two segments: one's for men and women to come together and uh, have a essentially a meeting of the minds, uh, or like a, a red table discussion, if you will. And the other one is called SMV Radio, which is uh, meant directly for men and to have essentially those uh, men conversations and providing a space and a platform. For men to be men and not necessarily edit themselves and be too PC, because that is, you know, that is required. This is the whole concept of the man cave.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I wasn't familiar with S, you said SMV or SVM?
2: Uh, SMV.
0: SMV. Okay. I wasn't, okay. Okay. Cool. I told you there's a new one popping up, man. <laughs> so, in that spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Today is Barack Obama's birthday. So, former President Barack Obama, right? Today is his birthday. We all I know that birthday. birthday. He's married to Michelle Obama. You know, mm-hmm. she's the bomb. If you have a watch, becoming on Netflix, watch it. If you haven't read the book, read it. Um, so I asked that, right? Because you know they're married, and you are on poetic charm, and not to put you on the spot, good brother. But do you see marriage in your future?
2: Oh, I definitely do with the right person. That that was always been a a goal of mine is to get married, but not for let's say the uh, collective reason, which is to keep up with the Joneses. Because unfortunately, I feel like and what what I discovered in my dating journey is that people are dating with the wrong uh, mentality and for the wrong reasons. It's more for external validation and superficial notions as opposed to trying to build something long term with that endowment thinking that Brother Sangu talked about.
0: Mm -hmm. So you said for you would you would get married for the right reasons. Now, give me a list of what those right reasons might be. Or just a few examples.
2: Oh, absolutely. So for me personally, I think it is absolutely required for a, a people to get married, especially if they want to have children. I think that dynamic and a very healthy space is very, very healthy for the child growing up to see men and women interacting in a very healthy way and a romantic way, right? But also in terms of understanding how, you know, the different let's say different genders or the different sexes have different roles in the relationship as well, because that's also needed in in my own perspective.
0: Hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then I guess another dating question, because I know there's a lot of folks, you know, me working in education, I always see, you know, folks who are in relationships and they got drama and all this. It's like, so remember, I remember when I was on the earlier versions of Poetic Charm, Mm -hmm. um, you had asked me questions about what do I think about the current dating scene Um, as a married man, I said, two words come to mind, exhaustive, I mean, not exhaustive, exhausting and expensive. Yes. Um, I'm thinking about this pandemic that we're in, I'm thinking about all these issues that are happening where you're, you know, how do you, how do you, how does one date in this age of social distancing and, you know, wearing masks and all that other stuff? Like I know there's online dating. I know it's probably like zoom meetings and things like that, but you know, you know, a man and I always talk about, you know, my wife and I always talk about, um, the prospects that folks have who are like in the single dating market and what folks are looking for. And there's a difference between folks who have high expectations and those that might be unreasonable or unrealistic expectations. Yeah. I think there's a difference. Um, but can you talk to the folks, and I wonder if folks who might be single in the comments can also chime in, can you talk to folks about what that landscape looks like right now? Because I want to I have hope for all my people who are single, who want to get with somebody and get married and, ha- and build a life together. Um, but, you know, I hear a lot of things where folks are like, mm, it's looking bleak, it's looking grim. Talk to us.
2: Absolutely. So what I've discovered just from being, you know, being out there and being out there on multiple continents, right, is that you really need to focus on yourself, be very introspective and essentially discover your own value, solidify your own standards and make sure that those are both aligned with your desires, both short-term and long-term. Because again, only speaking as a guy, right? As a guy, there might be times in our lives where our desires might only be short-term. So it would be best to not waste our time with someone who wants something long-term. And then by not wasting our time, we're not going to waste their time in the process because there's a lot of time wasting out there. And especially now, as you brought up with the pandemic, we had an abundance of time. So some people, you know, chose to, I guess, engage in, I guess, virtual dating when I thought the best practice would probably be to be more introspective and spend more time with themselves and develop their standards and goals and mindsets. And usually when we do that, when we make those decisions and our actions align with that, we usually meet people on the same type of journey. And then you guys can grow together, which is usually not only serendipitous, but also more palatable for a long term option.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And and, you know, because I'm thinking back to, you know, being in college and I know that when I was dating in college. Right. And just being in college, you might be talking to somebody, whatever the case may be. And then on Facebook, you got a Facebook wall. Folks want to lose their mind and while out and talk about nonsense, whatever the case may be. I ask all of that to say in this day and age, is social media something that is a positive thing in the dating world or is it a negative thing or is it other like what role does social media play? Can it prohibit you? Does it mess up the game? Does it help the game?
2: It, it does all the above. Right. Because it's all about leverage, which, as we know, that's the essence of social media, especially for those who are using it as a professional platform. So you can leverage a business, as we see, or brands or platforms, right? But you can also leverage yourself and your own personal brand. So if you're doing it correctly, you're being authentic, that's going to attract certain people. Even if you didn't set it up for that purpose, I mean, at the end of the day, people have their own choice and they choose to pursue you based upon what you you know, put up on social media, whether that be thirst trapping, right? <laughs> or... Like I said, simply being yourself, putting out valuable content that people can, you know, connect to the same way that they would connect to our content we put out for our brand. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those things. So it gives people the the space to observe you in a very authentic way. And then usually that's going to have an emotional response, especially if you're a person who is attractive.
0: Mm. No, appreciate that.
2: Absolutely. Great question.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I-
2: Okay, I feel like uh Mrs. Yizzy probably has a great question as well.
0: <laughs> I'm sure she does. Um, I got I got more questions, brother. You ready? Oh, let's go. All right, all right, all right, here we go. Let me let me take a sip for this one.
2: So, wait, what are you sipping on today, if you don't mind me asking?
0: So, shout out to Bleacher again. Um, the bottle that I got that he sponsored is Woodford Reserve Double Oak.
2: Oh, that's the one you posted. Yeah,
0: yeah, All yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sipping on that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. No one could ever tell what's in here. You know, <laughs> yeah. could be water, but they they do say I think whiskey translates into the water of life. <laughs> and and if, if I'm not mistaken, and, and I think in I want to say Latin, I don't know, I don't know, but I think whiskey for wh- wherever it was was like literally was whiskey refers to the water of life.
2: That's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's so you know we could fact check that, but here we go. So I was I've been doing my deep dive, brother. So I got my shirt on, you know, right there, right, red, black, and green. But it's in it's it's a, it's a you know smooches, right? So of black course, love. I love it. I interpret that. You interpret that. Black love. All right. So I've been reading a number of different things. I've been watching a number of different things. I came across some YouTube videos, Um, and here's a question that was posed, good brother. And I would love for you to answer. I have my own thoughts, opinions, and I'll, I'll follow up after you. Um, but here's a question. I'd love to hear people's thoughts in their comments, too. So <clears throat> as a black person. Is it possible to be pro black and date outside of your race?
2: I honestly believe so. I'm sure uh, Dr. Umar does <laughs>
0: not.
2: Right. But I think it does depend which person outside of your race that you're with. And for lack of better words, how woke they are, is this something that you know, let's say this moment, this uh, vacuum of a moment, which is unfortunate, right? Is this news to them? right? are they are they are you guys having uh, that pillow talk where like, damn, babe, I, I had no idea it was like this hmm. right? Because then for me, then you're you're under the category of you're probably uh, you're you're in with that person for lustful reasons most likely if you don't know, you know, about that struggle for your significant other and we obviously we're speaking from the person who isn't black in this relationship. Hmm. So just being aware, right? And as we all discussed on many different episodes, I mean it's it's kind of hard to not be aware of these things. And it's even better if you're aware of, of your privilege because then to me if you're if you're engaging into, in a interracial relationship then you're an active ally potentially right and then if that is a long-term relationship then you have the ability to you know raise biracial children and then to me that's that's always the uh, that's the caveat so it's certain things that only the black person in a race relationship can talk to their parents about but then you also get to get the other perspective so then the person who isn't Black will get to break down the the uh, excuse me the oh my gosh. get to break down the privileges, which I also think is important too, because even for our own people, I think it's important to understand what privileges that they have and you just being aware of them as opposed to this you know going out in life and then having instances you just re- responding to to these type of privileges and Karens. So now Karen's a, a thing now so we can actively identify these things.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so hopefully you're you're, you're dating the uh, accomplice or the co-conspirator and not the oppressor. Okay, okay. Right. Um, I, so I can't speak to whether or not it's possible because I am pro-Black and I'm also married to a Black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't speak to whether or not it's possible because that's not my experience. Um, that's not my actual existence. What I can say is the things that I think about when that question comes up. A few things. One, I would say that, um, I would probably suggest being on the outside looking in that it might be difficult. It might be difficult for a number of different reasons. I'm thinking about right now, not only during pa- this pandemic, we're seeing the dis- disparities and the disproportionality of how COVID-19 coronavirus has, um, disproportionately impacted communities of color. So if you're at home with your spouse or your, 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 partner, um, and you're having these conversations for the first time. That's a question why you're having these conversations for the first time. Um, but if these conversations are making things a little bit more messy, then that's something that probably might come with the fact that you're not the same way. Um, however, that's not to say that being married to a person who's like you and from the same background um, understands the struggle either, because again, you might not have skin that is white, but your mind and mentality might be white or it might All suffer right. from whiteness. So that's mm-hmm. another piece. Um, another piece I would say is that I've seen successful examples of folks who are pro-black, like OD pro-black, and are part their partners, the person who they're married to or the person who they're with, um, is someone who's not black. And they're pro-black too, right? So that person's pro-black too. Um, so I think there's a number of different things that might make it complex. There's a number of different things that might make it difficult, and there's a number of different things that might make it very challenging to the point where. You might have to put in more work up front, but again, you could be married to someone or dating someone who's from your same culture, but might have a different philosophy and different perspective. Um, the thing that I always think about, I always think about a number of things. I think about children and what that identity of their children might be and how do you handle that? So if you choose to have children, what is that going to, how is that going to impact the conversation that you have as a, as a household and how are they going to identify, et cetera? Um, I do believe love is a choice and I think it's a political choice and a lot of things that are connected to it come from it in the sense of, okay, if I'm pro black, and though I'm over here in this space, are people going to perceive me a certain way? Chances are, they probably will. And that comes with the territory. Are you willing to deal with that? Are you going to be upset or are you going to be able to handle that and navigate it? Is your partner or spouse going to be able to handle, navigate and deal with that? And the other piece I'll, I'll, I'll say is that I. 've've I've, I've, I want to say I've grown in my thinking. I think I've changed a little bit in the sense of, you know, for me, I think at the end of the day, because race is a social construct and it's one that's a false construct but has real implications. Let's not get that part twisted. Um, for me, I'd much rather have someone who has the same faith as I do mm-hmm. realizing that that can still be problematic though, because you might think that Jesus is white when I think that Jesus is black. Right. So even that could be problematic where we're coming from, but I would much rather this person have the same belief, religious beliefs as myself or same relationship with God, than color of skin, realizing that race is a social construct, a false construct with real applications. Um, so I think that's what that's my um, condensed answer to that question.
2: Absolutely, and as you were talking, kind of reminded me of Tom from the Boondocks, right? (laughs) Yes. So you know things like that. uh, And you're right; it is a choice. It definitely is a political choice, and there's no avoiding that. In fact, the spotlight's going to be more on you, especially when you go out for things like date night, or as you said with biracial children when you go go to school, and you know things like that. So it is something to be very conscious of, and I think it, uh, It I understand how it rubs our people the wrong way on on both sides, but I will say just in my own anecdotal experience, usually it's more looked down upon when black men do it as opposed to black women, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, and there's a number of different things that come with that. So I, I'm thinking about a couple of things in the sense of, if I really want to get deep into why I, I might question something, right, mm. It's like, When you think about the history of the world, particularly in the United States of America, or these yet to be United States of America, right? Um, When you think about that, when you think about what slavery was all about, it was really about the destruction of Black families. Literally destroying Black families, pulling fathers and mothers apart from their children, etc. When you think about what happened moving forward, you think about mass incarceration, you think about the welfare bill, um, you think about all these things that have been designed to destroy the Black family. When you think about being pro-black, particularly if someone is thinking about cooperative economics, particularly if someone is thinking about being Pan-Africanist, particularly if someone is thinking about building a community or it takes a village to raise a child, but you first have to create that village, um, you can argue that you being with someone outside of your race is also akin to destroying the black family. Mm-hmm. So that could be an argument. I would also say that there's probably folks who are the black person in that relationship who, even if they're captain wokeness, right? And they're like OD woke, right? Like threat level arch or whatever, right? If they're super woke to the point where they suffer from insomnia, there might be times when folks are like, yo, they're just overcompensating mm. or they have to do it because if they don't, they're going to be questioned. So I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of things that come with that. But for me, it's always a question of why because you think about it and it's like there's, there's a deep psychological, um, you know, there's a lot of decolonization that we have to go through. And I think that we are some of our experiences. Um, I think that whatever we're exposed to, the things that we experience, the people we experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly relationships we're, we're witness to, or even in, impact how we'll move forward. Um, and sometimes I think we have to unpack those things and get a chance to understand who we are before we even try to be with someone else. Right. So I think those are some things. And I think sometimes we, we might be like Ludacris said, looking for love in all the wrong places. Um, so I'm not against any of that. However, I do have questions about it the same way I'm sure people would have questions about me.
2: Oh, absolutely. And it does tie into what we were discussing previously in terms of, what, well, I guess what the dating landscape looks like uh, during the pandemic and how I would suggest to just focus on yourself. Because as you said, if you don't understand yourself and, you know, uh, your, your, your own individual self is solidified to, you know, invite someone else into that space when it's not, you don't have a firm foundation for yourself could be detrimental and then sprinkle in things like race and race relations. I mean, it it could be uh, it could get really messy
0: for real, because if you think about it, right, particularly in America living in, and by America, I mean, United States of America, cause you know, but, um, particularly being where we are, um, in a racist, capitalistic, sexist, patriarchal society, particularly when you think about intersectionality, particularly when you think about Black women being the most marginalized in the sense of, you know, they have their gender and they also have their race, right? And then particularly if they're from a lower socioeconomic status, they also have their class, right? So you have all these pieces. So they're pretty much the most marginalized group in a lot of different spaces. If I'm about liberation, if I'm about being pro-black, then why wouldn't I be pro-black woman? Not saying that I have to marry that person, but I would have questions if you're telling me that's what you are, but then you're over here. Um, so you know, I would just say, for me, it's really about, it's, it's almost like <clears throat> if you think about it, Christianity, I need to see the fruit of your labor. I need to see the fruit of the spirit. I need to, like, if you say that you're about something, I want to see you be about something. doesn't matter who's on your arm, but I hope that person who's on your arm is about that same thing. Right, because I think that's where it really gets dicey, and yeah. that's why we have some folks out there, <coughs> Candace Owens, <always>, and some <laughs> other folks out here who might be on some other spaces, Kanye. You know, <laughs> where it's like, I got questions,
2: I definitely understand that, and I guess it also kind of reminds me of our alma mater, Petty, in addition to my own educational, you know, career, academic career. And I was fortunate enough to go to a lot of private institutions because my parents wanted that, you know, wanted that, uh, academic lifestyle for me. But at the same time in these institutions, you're not always going to have that type of representation. And at the end of the day to your original question, dating is a numbers game. So you can only date what you're exposed to and what kind of, what kind of lifestyle you have. So if you're, if you're in a space that doesn't have a lot of representation, numbers wise, it's not going to be that likely. So even at Petty, there were a lot of beautiful black ladies at Petty. However, if one of my bros has one of the ladies, then that's one less lady that's going to be a potential uh, prospect, let's say.
0: That's real. That's really real. And I appreciate you bringing that up because it reminds me of two things. One, my former colleague, my homeboy, his wife always said, you covet what you see. Mm. covet what you see it's it's almost the equivalent of if you had a party you got beer goggles on right because you've been mm-hmm. having a number and everything everybody look good to you right so it's like okay so if you're in the space that's what you're accustomed to that's what you have right um so like if you go to the supermarket and they don't got the honey nut cheerios on the top shelf all they got is mr o's <laughs> you're gonna have to buy mr o's so when you're thinking about you cover what you see um uh, whatever's around you that's one thing the other piece that i've realized too is and I don't know if you can speak to this, but the other thing that I've realized too is, particularly if you go to a predominantly white institution and you see some sisters. and By sisters, I mean those who are you know are the, have some hue, you know, um, the chocolate persuasion, milk chocolate, dark chocolate, all that stuff, right? You have some sisters there. In order for y'all to get through that experience, sometimes it's difficult because one is not many of y'all. Two, like you said, your boy might be dating one, and then if you stop, if they stop dating, then it's like, eh, you got bro code, you got sis code, and it's like, nah, we're not doing all that. But then the other piece is sometimes y'all need each other like brothers and sisters and warriors in the struggle to get through, yes, so much so that it's like, you family, you're not for me, you know what I mean, in that sense. Um, so I think that's another thing that also comes up. Cause I've had conversations with students um at all the different places I worked at, but most most importantly, one group we had a conversation about like interracial dating. We had a conversation about just dating in general. And you know, sometimes you can't but see old girl for the dope queen that she is because that's your sister. And it needs to be in order for y'all to get through.
2: That's true too. And it kind of reminded me to your concept about, you know, the bro code, right? And sometimes and this is what I learned from just these experiences. So if your bro is with another, you know, lovely lady of that hue, then mentally that's already your sister anyway. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. again, I, I'm not going to breach that that barrier, which is going to be defined. So I think that also is a healthier relationship because, as you said, in the patri- patriarchal society, usually if you can only view women as a sexual object and not as anything else, that could also be problematic as well.
0: hmm Real rap, real rap.
2: All right. And to that was a wonderful question. Series of questions. Thank you, Professor. Mm-hmm. That's how we get the ball started. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. And to Dino's question, what do y'all think of the public ridicule surrounding the Jonathan Isaac injury? So this one was interesting for me because with all due respect, I had no idea who Jonathan <laughs> Isaac was until he s- decided to stand, Right. And then the amount of vitriol that he received, like, oh, yeah, that's what you get. And I even got that from people who not even basketball fans. So to me, it, uh, and I'm sure you'll get into this, but it, it reeked of cancel culture. And it's kind of like a, a bit of sadism, like, oh, you deserve that because of X, Y, and Z, you know, because I don't agree with that. So I'm going to be in my emotions. So that's why I'm going to have this perspective about that, as opposed to a person who does look like you, right? Who also did make a decision, which is fair, right? I guess he has the right to do that. And at the same time, you could also make the argument that the whole aspect of the league coming back is also an, a distraction as well. But yet, just because they have causes and everything else on the back of their jerseys, it's okay. So to me, it's just it's a bit of a selective morality there for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Like you, I wasn't aware of Jonathan Isaac either until this <laughs> happened. However, Let's keep it a buck. Let's mm-hmm. keep it a matter of fact. Let's keep it a buck fifty. Right? A stack
2: now. Nah, let's go to a stack.
0: Let's let's keep it a thousand. All right. <laughs> let's get a stack. Right. I give no love to the NBA players for kneeling now.
1: Mm.
0: None, because right. who who kneeled before the pandemic? Who kneeled when cap was kneeling? Who who kneeled? Who who? But now when it's sanctioned by the NBA in this bubble and they're over here choosing from uh, a buffet menu of social justice slogans, no, you get no love from me. And honestly, I love LeBron James for the stuff that he's done. And I think just because of the stuff he's done off the court, in my opinion, as a human being and basketball player, that makes him to go over Jordan. From the perspective of a human being and a basketball player. However, brother, when he said, I hope we made cap proud. Nah. Nah, because y'all wasn't kneeling before so the mm-hmm. minute y'all get an opportunity and white man master says you could actually kneel Y'all want to put on shirts and kneel. So I don't really care about your nailing. F that y'all need to do something else So my man wanted to stand although I thought that was pretty stupid too <laughs> <laughs> like, like fam you're gonna you're gonna stand You got your shirt off because you could have kept black lives matter on you like, brother You could have stood with the shirt on That's number one number two brother. I'm a christian and I know there's a lot of things we need to explore. I know there's more things we need to do. We can't just do this sim- symbolic and performative stuff. It has to be systemic.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: fam, now, w- why are you standing for though? For real, for real, why are you standing? And, and, it, and it just so happens to be that, you know, look what happened. So now folks can ridicule you because that's... that's you was going to get ridiculed regardless. It's right. just... Now you just got more ammo because it's like, look what happened, fam. You know, if it was me, if it was me roasting people, but not... I bet you can't stand now. If it's me, if it's me, if it's me roasting people, if it's me roasting people, that's just the old Mikhail, who had jokes. But all I'm saying is these NBA players get no love from me for kneeling. I'm not impressed. They're about a couple of years late, but a couple of years too late. So miss me with all that nonsense.
2: Yeah, I definitely concur with that. And we could actually argue that the NBA has more latitude and freedom to do those things than any other league, because their player power is enormous. It is unrivaled in American sports, and dare I say, international sports as well. So, you know, too little, too late in terms of that. And it actually reminded me of there was a time where I'll, I'll say let's back in the uh, the Jordan years, right? Where players were starting to usurp their power, and Jordan decided to uh, he he kept he kept his power in a, in a certain let's say in a certain bubble, right? So in terms of influence, social influence, yes, but in terms of player power in the league, not necessarily. Most likely because he was getting so heavily compensated off the court with his endorsements, right? It was a it was a, a strategic approach, and again, Jordan is my favorite. Athlete of all time, you know I'm gonna be very transparent about that. But at the same time, as you brought up many times, he did say the phrase "Republicans buy shoes" as well. Yes, he. So did. Very, uh, a very calculated Aquarian, let's say. <laughs> My thing is,
0: I would respect Fam if he like. He needs to start dumping money in places. Mm. Like he needs to put money in places, man. Like when folks like. Folks in the hood literally be saving up, moms be, you know, like, spending their last
2: for Jordans. Everything. The <laughs> because rent
0: what what I, what I heard was, and this, and this is the coded language, though, the coded language is this. When someone says Republicans buy sneakers, too, you know there's black Republicans, too, right? They're black Republicans. I don't right. think he was talking about black people. Right. I think I was cold for white folks buy sneakers, too. Right. Because of course we always assume that blacks are Democrats, right? Um, and you know it's a majority, um, and a lot of different reasons, and not we need to get into. But that whole conversation of Republicans buy sneakers too. It's like you really talking about you talking. We're not talking about black folks. You're talking about white folks. That's your code of language for saying white folks. And there's things that he could have done. You know, you watch the Last Dance. You see that he did some other stuff too. But he could have. He could have been an activist of a lifetime because when we looked at people like Muhammad Ali. <laughs> You kidding me? You kidding me? Like he stood for something and he is the greatest. He was the greatest, right? Um, You think about folks who are just unapologetic with their stances, not fearful. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to put morality and my consciousness and my people over money. Now, I know there's some folks who might do the back back door situation, where it's like, I'm going to get this money. And because I get this money, Mm -hmm. that's how I'm going to actually like fund these movements. But I haven't seen much of that. I haven't seen much
2: of that right and i'm gonna go back to your lyrics sir purpose over profit and if we're being honest to your your recent point just now most likely those contracts that you sign that ensure that money are very limited they're very structured so you can't actually give as much as you want which is interesting right
1: mm-hmm. so it's
2: kind of like I guess if you, if you uh, added all the amount of hundreds of millions of dollars that professional athletes from our communities who grew up in these impoverished communities, not even communities that I came from, but communities that you yourself and other people have come from those hundreds of millions of dollars, those dollars are not getting spread in those communities whatsoever.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Which is, which is very interesting. Absolutely. So, I mean, I would like to see. I don't know what I don't know what the I don't know what the, um, I don't know what the policy is like when someone gets injured. I don't know how that works in terms of like the money that they get and what's due to them, etc.
2: Uh, the the insurance takes care of it.
0: Okay, so because he's out, probably he's. I mean, he's out for the remainder of the season. Right. Um, so that being said, bruh, if you didn't want to kneel and you wanted to take a stand, and now you're out for the season, I want to know where those game checks going. You pulling up like Kyrie? Kyrie said he donating a million and whatever change to the WNBA players who said they sitting out. Mm-hmm. That's Kyrie. You pulling up like that because if if Neil is not going to get it accomplished, what you doing, fam? So I think if nothing else, you welcome the spotlight on you, willingly or unwillingly, consciously or unconsciously, directly or indirectly. You welcome that spotlight on you. So now people are going to look at you, and there's going to be some scrutiny and. If I am to just throw this out there, you said, and I know you're a basketball enthusiast. You got World Baller and everything. You said you ain't know about this brother, right? Is it possible that someone was clout chasing? I don't know. Possibly. Is it possible that someone said, "Look at me, look at me"? I don't know. I really don't know because I don't know enough about fam. Um, I don't know enough about fam, but I can ask those questions though. Um, but I want to see what my man's going to do moving forward since neilan wasn't the, wasn't it, and I don't disagree. neilan ain't it kneeling in it but see what he does
2: absolutely and i just had i was curious because you know uh in the nba or in professional sports in general your value is based upon your salary so right now he is locked into a four-year 22 million dollar contract with the orlando magic which is a uh is excuse me existing in a uh free excuse me free no state income tax state of florida so he's getting 5.8 million before taxes. Hmm. So there's there's a lot of uh social justice awareness he he can do. Number one,
1: hmm. number
2: two, I was actually curious about your perspective on this because since we're both Yankees fans, the Major League Baseball they're both kneeling and standing. Uh, they're doing a, a kneel for like a momentary uh, moment of silence for Black Lives Matter before and everyone's kneeling and then they stand for the Pledge of Allegiance as they normally would. How do you feel about that uh, perspective?
0: I think by now we should all know what the heck the issue is. Mm. By now, I hope people understand why Cap first kneeled. By now, I hope we have enough stuff in our present psyche and consciousness to know that, guess what? to quote Jay-Z, but in a better space now, we're past kneeling. What I mean by that is we should be doing something else, actionable steps. You can still kneel, you can stand at the end of the day, where's your heart? I want to see the actions of your heart. So if you really believe this is an issue after you're done kneeling, where are you going to go take a stand? What are you going to stand up for? Where are you going to put your money? Where are you going to put your effort, your time, your energy? Where are you going to put your focus? Now that the sports are back, I don't know about you, but I've seen so much stuff on my timeline about sports. I don't really see much about social justice and change anymore. We talked about the distractions, right? So again, at the end of the day, I don't care if you do a cartwheel for the national anthem. I really don't. I'm really good off the national anthem, period, in terms of, oh, yeah, what? What are you doing when you're not on that field? That's what I want to know. What are you doing when you're not on that court? That's what I want to know. That's what I'm more interested in. So, you know, you have your platform. Use it however you want to use it. But what else are you doing? What else? Because, again, they're a little late. Folks been kneeling. <laughs> it's almost like if, if kneeling was a fashion trend, like, we're in a different season now. <laughs> we're 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 in a different season. Like Nealon was like 2018, you know. what I mean, like, step your fashion game up. What are you going to do now? So, that's what that's my question.
2: It's true, and I guess, especially since they're essentially wealthy citizens now, since they're professional athletes, will just throwing money at a situation be enough? Uh, and hey, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure because, <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, that's a good question. And my thing is, it's not about spending money. It's about how you spend your money. Mm -hmm. And you can't just throw money at problems. That's what rich people do. They don't care. Just throw money at problems. But how do you use your money as a political tool? How do you use your money as power? How do you use what you do to bring money as power? Again, some folks were trying to do that before the NBA restart. Mm-hmm. What's going to pop off during this NBA season? Is there going to be some stance that's taken? Is there going to be someone who just says, you know what? We made it to the finals, but I'm not playing it until the murderers of Breonna Taylor are arrested. Right. I don't know what folks doing. Get to that finals game. Let's just say it went to game seven. And they all like, you know what? We're not playing it. Season just comes to a concluded and because we need folks to be arrested first, hmm. I don't know. And is it a coincidence that your boy um, Jonathan Isaac plays for Orlando Magic, and where are these folks in the bubble in Orlando? Right. I don't know.
2: I think I as, know. as Christians, we both know there's no such thing as coincidences, <laughs> especially when <laughs> billions of dollars are on the line. There's certainly uh, some uh, things going around in the background about that.
0: Hmm. So, all interesting stuff. Great question, Dean.
2: Yeah, thank you, Dino. And Oh, so I guess we can ask everyone their thoughts about this topic, since we have some people who were uh, raised in Georgia. <laughs> so, Georgia is apparently back in school. This is the a picture from the first day of school in Palding County, Georgia. Looks like a high school. And uh only I see two people with a mask on. I guess <laughs> they're rocking with that future song of mask off. <laughs> Kids today, you know. Okay, so let's talk
0: about Georgia. Mm-hmm. Georgia, my man, um What's his name? Ray Charles. Mm -hmm. At one moment he was, he he was banned from performing in Georgia. He was, they wouldn't allow him to perform in Georgia. If you think about the state flag of Georgia, which is really the, you know, the bars and stars, the flag of the Confederacy, right? Mm -hmm. This is, this is on brand for Georgia. Mm -hmm. This is on brand. I mean, we saw how things are happening or governor Kemp, I believe, um, We saw how things were going on during the pandemic, you know, not the, not the brightest bulb, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, you know, um, I am not surprised. I am not surprised, but let's talk about this education thing for a second. This is the first day of school in Paulding County, Georgia. Okay. To be honest, I have some relatives who live in Georgia, right? and Unfortunately. I have some relatives who live in a particular part of Georgia and no disrespect to any of the folks who work there, but some schools never need to open again <laughs> because they're terrible.
1: Mm.
0: So let's talk about if we're opening schools, I don't care if it's safe because they weren't safe before. They might not have been filled with the virus of coronavirus or COVID-19 but the vitriol and the toxicity and the racism and the underfunded schools and the pollution and the unfavorable spaces that they have to be in, that wasn't a safe environment to learn. It wasn't a healthy place to learn. Um, So I think a lot of places across this country, forget coronavirus, forget COVID-19. That shouldn't even be the first thing on people's minds. If we're talking about education, I don't like to say education reform because there's a lot of things that need to be fixed. So I think we need to like, just repeal and replace. We need a new education system in a lot of different ways because there's just so much that's embedded in it that's so bad. And that's private and public and parochial, et cetera. Um, so there are some places that shouldn't be open mm-hmm. because guess what? It could be the healthiest place in the sense of, you know, no one's going to catch coronavirus, but they're going to catch something else. And it's usually a bad education, depending on some of the spaces that they're in particularly in some parts of Georgia, same with Philadelphia in some spots. So it's like, come on now.
2: Yeah. I, you would think that the, these uh, educational institutions would use the opportunity to improve their institutions as opposed to, uh, I guess, scrambling to go back to business as usual. And unfortunately their business is, as you said, providing a terrible, terrible, terrible (laughs) education.
0: Absolutely. And this is just like, it's like, you know, how I said, um, you know, the sports coming back would be a distraction. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of ways schools are distractions, especially if they're not places for good education. I understand the need for socialization. There's other ways you could achieve that, but it's difficult to achieve socialization, particularly when you have to practice social distancing, or as people want to say physical distancing, whatever you want to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, 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 if we've learned anything about America during this pandemic, one is not united in any way, shape, or form, because we got states doing whatever they want to do. There's no federal leadership. Um, and and if it is leadership, if you want to call that leadership, it's, it's piss poor leadership. It's terrible. Um, and, you know, folks are just going rogue in certain spaces. Folks are doing whatever they want to do. You got governors, Kemp, literally suing or trying to sue mayors of major cities in your state. So Kemp and Keisha Lance Bottoms. Kemp over here trying to do all these things, right? Mm -hmm. So it's ridiculous what we're seeing. And it really raises a question I actually wrote down. um, And I wonder what folks think about it. Um, In this moment in time, are we witnessing the fall of the American empire?
2: Oh, yes. That's that's a definite. Are we witnessing that? Oh, definitely. And if we're being completely honest, we all know that every superpower always has its moment in the sun, but eventually it does fade. Now, we could fade like the British Empire and still have some relative influence in the world, or it seems like we're about to catch a fade, unfortunately. (laughs) I mean, because at the end of the day, we have, like you said, our lack of leadership. That at the federal level is essentially propositioning the governor is like, hey, if you if you don't if you don't guys if you guys don't bring back your you know students to school, then we're gonna pull your funding. So it's uh, it's very interesting. Hmm. hmm Oh, okay. Black is king. So. Okay. Thought. Okay. From Mrs. Yizzy, thoughts on Black is King and particularly the uproar that some people have with that title. Okay, so that reminds me a lot of Black Lives Matter and the uproar with that, with uh, people who are screaming All Lives Matter, and I guess (laughs) in their feelings because they don't understand what Black Lives Matter. Excuse me, Black Lives Matter means. So they're in their feelings about that. However, I guess I have my own reservations about viewing. Black is king because, because I've done my esoteric homework for the past decade, I can already see the uh symbology of Satanism and devil worship. So I'm trying to you know w- prevent myself from seeing that,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I respect that. And I think that a person like you would be able to watch it because mm-hmm. you can identify that, you understand it for what it is, mm-hmm. and you can still at the same time parse out. What's dope about it?
2: Oh yeah, in terms of entertainment value, absolutely.
0: Because last time I checked, I mean, you know, Satan was the minister of music, had bars, but is the devil. So That's all I'm right. saying is, you know, we can we can discern and think about these things, um, and really figure out what we should support, or what we should not support, what we can take out and use for our leverage and for our good, and what we should denounce to say, "Nah, I'm not rocking with that." So we should think about that, how we could be critical and look at things through a critical lens. Um, in terms of black as king, I think the folks who have an issue with that, they're probably a Karen or a Tom or a person who flies a Confederate flag or a person who's upset about taking down a Confederate monument, or a person who just suffers from chronic white fragility. There's a lot of things like that. And it's like, really relax, calm down. Why do you feel attacked? Are you that insecure? But then you have to think about it too. Whenever black folks get exposed to anything that resembles royalty, power, respect, it's a problem. Now, if Beyonce was out there pouring bottles and it said black is king and she's over there pouring bottles, rolling blunts, ain't nobody saying anything. They don't have a problem with the title. In fact, they'll be sending links to us like, you need to go watch this. Have you watched it yet? So I don't have time for that. That's just nonsense. No no patience for that.
2: Absolutely. And it kind of reminds me of Andre's story about meeting with those movie studio executives who would Mm -hmm. actually want more of that type of behavior. Right. Mm -hmm. But In this instance, you uh, get the get the black empowerment. So on that aspect, because, of course, as you alluded to, as an Aquarian, I can compartmentalize easily so I, I can even, you know, even though it on the surface and probably deeper, it has those notions. There's still a lot of black empowerment that is positive. So that's, as we know, as and as Dean is alluding to here, you know, usually the uh, the devil works, you know, he, uh, he blends things. So it's kind of like associative lying the same way that the media does, you know, they'll tell you 10 things, and they'll present three facts that are scattered throughout. But the other seven are lies or myths or whatever. And because of the way that they present it because of their authority and platform, people will assume that the rest of the information presented is the truth and take it as the gospel, which it isn't. So in terms of black is king, I think that's a wonderful message. I think not only in terms of genes, that's accurate because we are the dominant gene. So scientifically that's valid, Um, both in creation and evolution, all descendants come from black people as well. So on that front, that's also accurate as well. So I just think people are in their feelings about the truth. And as we see, and as we discussed before on this platform many times, essentially when Karen's and what's the, uh, what's the male equivalent again? I don't know. I just said Tom. Oh, okay. Tom, Tom or Chad or whoever, right? Well, again, not trying to be racist either. I just don't know the the inverse of that. Cause I know they're we want full representation. So it's not just ladies who are doing this it's also men as well. Right? So eventually they, they, Get, uh, a, they have a tantrum for not getting their way. And, and when you see how our people have been treated, imagine your response to being treated in that manner, right? Oh, but you're throwing a tantrum for not getting your privilege or feeling your privilege question, or for, as you alluded to, seeing that their privilege has zero effect on us. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. That's, that's what really gets them upset.
0: So a couple of things. Um, one question i mean one comment or reflection before i i talk about you know the supposed devil worship as well um one i'm sure those people who have a problem with black is king and they're upset with disney plus etc mm-hmm. you know i'm sure they're still watching espn i'm sure they're still watching the nba
1: and the so avengers you,
0: and the avengers all of our, so so what are you really upset about What are you really upset about? Because you're still watching the black king on the court. You're still watching all these other folks, right? You're still watching the sports shows. What are you really worried and upset about? And then in terms of, um, you know, because I've I've seen some YouTube things as well. And, you know, even when uh, me and Amanda were watching it, we were like, oh, that's a little little demonic, that's a little demonic, that's a little bit, a little demonic. Um, But a lot of the music that we listen to is, Um, there's some, and I I say this word all the time, Amanda's like, stop saying that word. Um, Some things are trippy. And you, and you hear it, and it's like, eh, that don't sound right. Like, an example of that trippy sound to me is like, I think, is it Kendrick and Frank Ocean, if I'm not mistaken? Like, No Church in the Wild. First of all, it's called No Church in the Wild. If you listen to the beat, the way that the, the beat is going, I'm like, that, that don't sound right to me. Catchy is all everything, but it sounds a little off to me. Um, however, mm-hmm. I think there's, there's some things that, I know I can't speak to because I don't know enough about other religions. There's some things I can't speak to because I don't know enough about all different types of African cultures from different countries. So there are certain things that, you know, for example, when she has the horns and people are like, oh, that's Baphomet, all this other stuff. Um, I don't know because I don't know about the traditions of African culture. I don't know, you know, about the traditions of Yoruba. I don't know about the tradition of Igbo. I don't know about the church. All these, like, I don't know. I don't know. So I can't make an informed decision about some of these pieces, but I have enough of a critical lens and spirituality within me that I could say that doesn't sit well with me, but also parse out from that pieces that I really love and, and really rocking with. So for example, it's something I could sit there and consume. Are there are, there, are there, is there things I would show people who might not be ready for that? Not necessarily um, because they can't really discern. It's just like hip hop, right? There's some lyrics that Folks shouldn't be listening to at a certain age. That's why you have parental expression and everything like that as explicit lyrics, explicit content. Doesn't mean the song's not dope, but it might be problematic in certain spaces. Like when we saw the verses between DMX and uh, Snoop, like as an older person, I'm like, dang, some of these lyrics is crazy, particularly in this day and age. However, the songs are still dope. So it's possible that some things can be like, eh, I'm questioning that, and still be uplifting and liberating. Um, but we have to, we have to, we have to make sure that we don't just throw everything out. We have to try to tease pieces out
2: of it. Absolutely. And I would say on the, let's say the scientific production engineering end, there are different frequencies for different types of music. And similar to the solfeggio uh, frequencies, let's say in tones, certain tones are more peaceful and melodic and certain tones cause chaos and dissension and the one that's used for mainstream music is the one that causes chaos and dissension. So it's it's deliberate, as opposed to having a frequency like 432 Hertz, right? Which is more about uh, bringing everything together in harmony with the creator and the universe.
0: Of course, that's why people talk about, you know, good vibrations. Right. Nature. Like literally talk about vibrations, of course. Of course, there's a lot of knowledge out there. There's a lot of things. Um. That we can talk about what i appreciated about it is that it was a bunch of black and brown people mm. with so much talent mm. doing things that other people can't do even if they try right and that's real rap so it's like brown skin girl all those cameos you know um all those folks is popping up like i was saying you know i said this on brown just Show. actually i was like listen especially that brown um, skin girl piece. If I had my daughter watch that, if I had my son watch that, that's dope. That's very empowering. That's very, very, very... Talk about black love. Right. It's, it's, it's really saying love yourself. Look at the beauty that you have, and people are afraid of that. People, It pisses people off when we show ourselves as something other than less than. And the fact that they had a white servant in there, too.
2: Oh, I feel like they put that in there just to rile some people up.
0: Oh, not just to rile people up. It reminds me of T.I.'s Warzone video mm-hmm. where he does the role reversal. Right. It reminds me of Jadena's song, White N-Words. It reminds me of the pieces where it's like, you don't get it. So let me flip it. How does it feel? It reminds me of when we were talking about the Cleveland Indians and that mascot that they have but where Bamani Jones and other folks wore a shirt that said Caucasians right? You don't get it unless we flip it. And you're like, oh my God, that's so offensive. We've been trying to tell you that. Welcome to the party.
2: Right. And let's be completely honest. There are a lot of intelligent people out there, even though they, you know, I guess their emotions don't allow them to be intelligent. They they all know better. They they know better. They've made a choice to do that. So they, without, a, I guess, In terms of, and perhaps they could use the services of Dr. Ashley Oliver, who's in the comments. Thank you, doctor. You know, in terms of not taking accountability for their actions, they're deflecting, right? They're essentially giving themselves conscious cognitive dissonance as opposed to actually addressing the issue. Because if that actually did happen, then we can actually see systematic change. But again, If they do that, if they acknowledge that, then they have the responsibility to do that. So that's why they're not going to acknowledge it at all.
0: Yeah. You know, some people don't want to run towards, let alone through pain and suffering. Uh They run away from it. However, the blessing, the triumph is on the other side of that pain and suffering. And you have to remain faithful and get through it. You have to get to it and then get through it. Right. Um, And a lot of folks are like, no, I'm good. Or you have some folks who don't have any pain and suffering because <laughs> of privilege, right? right? Um, or at least much, 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 much less pain and suffering than others. Um, so it's just it's just one of those situations. It's one of those situations, but just thinking about how there's such a visceral reaction to black being associated with something positive. It's crazy. Exactly.
2: I, I'm just surprised that positive black expression can cause so much negativity from everyone who isn't black. This doesn't make any sense. It's rough. You're kind of showing your hand here. It's rough. This is,
0: you know, next thing you know, why is there a Black Friday?
2: <laughs> Come on. Oh, you know that's coming. <laughs> you know people are gonna be on their feelings about that. We, <laughs> we need, need a white we Friday. This. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually had a, uh, a question here for the panel in our and in our audience. So thank you team for staying with us here. So I was just curious how everyone feels about not only the election, Mm -hmm. but the potential that a testimonial bombshell will probably be released around November in connection to Epstein's Island, which is full of, you know, child trafficking and prostitution, unfortunately, and child abuse, things like that.
0: First and foremost, in my older age, thinking about things, thinking about the history of Disney, mm. thinking about the history of things such as Warner Brothers, Peter Pan is very problematic. Never Neverland, huh? An island with all these young boys, etc. It's almost like it's someone's autobiography. So all I'm saying is the folks who are in power in these spaces, who put these things out, you know, sometimes they're drawing from real life events. And I won't be surprised if so many names that folks look up to. I'm doing air quotes for folks who listen to the podcast. um, (laughs) People who they look up to, right? Mm -hmm. Their names are associated with Epstein in any way, shape or form. I will not be surprised. So here we are moving into an election where choices look bleak. However, some choices are bleaker than others. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's, 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 here's, you know what? It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's, uh, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but yeah, this is one of those situations where it's like, listen, These people are who we thought they were. Yeah, They they are. They are. And it's just like, unfortunately for them in some cases, but fortunately for them, they're still alive to pay the consequences, hopefully, and face the music if anything happens, if there's any convictions or if there's any folks who actually do the right thing and seek and then get justice for all the wrongdoings that have been done. So... We shall see.
2: Absolutely. And I, am not going to lie, I'm a bit worried with the media portrayal, but as you said, they are who we thought they were. So they're already sowing the seeds of prescribing it as a, a disability. So as of right now in Greece, right in Greece, it is actually valid in law that people who are pedophiles actually get disability benefits.
0: Is that right? I wasn't aware of that.
2: So there's already precedent for that in the secular world.
0: But let's let's be clear too, because folks need to remember that slavery at one point in time was legal. So we can't sit here and say that something that's legal makes it morally right. Mm-hmm. So if you want to if you want to live your life on this world on this earth. And you know, do whatever you want to do, that's fine. But I believe there will be a day when you will be judged. And if you cool with the stuff you do on this earth, all right. That's that's your cup of tea, that's your prerogative, Bobby Brown. Do your thing, hmm. but um, other than that, ah, <sighs> yep. yep, 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 yep. These times that we're in,
2: these uh end times, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I guess um. Let's 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 bring the spirits up for a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. Thinking about us being home, being able to watch a number of different things. There's been an announcement that Netflix is dropping some old school heat. Really. So right now, right now they have Moesha.
2: Oh, I, all right.
0: On Netflix. Soon to come, we have the Parkers, we have the Game, we have Girlfriends, Half and Half, Sister, Sister, and One-on-One. Right. So I'm interested to know, brother, any of those, your cup of tea, one of your favorites, one that brings nostalgia? And I'm, I'd love to know, folks, in the comments, uh, which ones you're really checking for, which one you're really here for.
2: Absolutely. So Sister, Sister is definitely nostalgia, right? Especially mm-hmm. when they uh, remix the song. <laughs> I have my own mind. Right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and I guess I, I literally haven't seen it since that time. Uh, I, I'm curious about the game. I heard such great things. So I'm curious about that. And was the other one? Uh,
0: Girlfriends.
2: Girlfriends.
0: Did you watch girlfriends? Have you watched girlfriends?
2: I have not. The same way I haven't watched Sex in the City.
0: So here's the thing.
2: Here's the thing, brother.
0: Um uh resident brother here, young as a four, uh, only boy. Um, <laughs> I watched girlfriends and I got into it too, because it was four beautiful, gorgeous women, you know, and a funny dude. Funny, funny dude. I think homework for you, good brother. Homework for you. Um, when When Girlfriends comes out, all you need is to watch some of those episodes. You'll have topics for days for poetic trauma.
2: Oh, I like that
0: for days, for days. So, yes, sir.
2: Yes, sir. And I, I'm not gonna lie. I do appreciate you know Netflix taking this action because they also uh, signed another syndicated uh, brand that's massive, which is Friends. Initially, and we remember the Friends cast were saying, like, oh, I wish you know they were there, uh, there was a, a black equivalent show, even though we had Living Single, you know, which was
0: before you. Friends, exactly right. It was treated with disrespect on the same set with worse resources and everything else, but uh, yeah. And I, I think, I think there was an article, there was an article where um, a, a brother was saying that he he pretty much helped bring these seven comedies. Um, to Netflix. So shout out to that brother. I can't remember his name when I was reading the article, um, but shout out to that brother. And, you know, cause I think about it, it's like, do we have equivalents of those things now for the folks growing up? In some cases, no. In other cases, yeah, you have a few things, but I'm glad that some of the younger folks coming up can have an opportunity to watch that. And for those folks who grew up during that time, who now have children of their own, they can sit down and watch it together and have conversations. So that's beautiful.
2: Yeah, that that is amazing and very clever. Because demographically, I think it's a home run. Because like you said, we grew up on a, a lot of these shows, so now you actually get to have the parents and you know children in the next, let's say, decade at least, probably for the the length of this this deal or contract to to watch it together. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Jizzy wants to watch girlfriends and sister sister, obviously, and. The other sister and that sister would also want to watch. I'm here for all the classic shows, and all black men should watch *Girlfriends*. It's amazing.
0: I agree. I agree with all those. So you already know what I'm watching: *Girlfriends*, and *Sister*, *Sister*. We're already watching Moesha, and the game is dope. The game is dope for sure. Um, they're all they're all good. I mean, *Half and Half*. I don't really remember too much of. I watched it. I watched like half of *Half and Half*. No, mm-hmm. I didn't watch much of it. Um, and then in terms of Um, one-on-one, you know, it's it's like one of those cheesy ones you need, you know? Um, And I
2: actually watched that one because I Mm -hmm. had a massive crush on Kyla Pratt.
0: Oh, that's my boo. That's my boo, no. Uh,
2: Food for (laughs) thought. You are happily married, sir, so. Oh, she knows. (laughs) <laughs> you know. Oh, she's your entanglement. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't say that, brother.
0: I didn't say that. You, think, you think I would come on live and say that's my boo without having cleared it with her first? She knows that's my boo. She know that's my boo. Come on, brother. <laughs> I ain't trying to you know? I already told you. Yeah, I already told you. I was like, anything happened to me, Josh.
2: Sac <laughs> passe. For
0: real, for real. But no, I'm here for I'm here for that. Definitely. Um and you know, um, they had a different world on Netflix before. I right. uh, wish they kept it um, or bring it back because that's like one of the best shows ever.
2: ever. I think they uh, might have removed it because what happened, yeah, they did. With, uh, Brother oh. Bill.
0: Stuff is stupid to me. Like, mm-hmm. it, you you remove something because it's associated with Brother Bill, but we can't remove a president a president who's associated with a number of different things. But it's you know, there's so many things. Just so many. I have so many questions, Josh. I have so many questions.
2: I think we all do, and I, I'm quite certain we'll never get those answers. Mm,
0: no, 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 not at all, not at all. But I'm happy that there's more black programming coming to Netflix now. If you were to start your own, you know, web series, I think you know, gentlemen would be nice. You know, you have girlfriends, you have gentlemen. I wonder what that dating life would look like. You know,
2: see now, now you're talking my language here. So now we're in a, uh, in the. Uh, <laughs> Andre Robert Lee category. Not <laughs> that, thats what I'm talking about. Because uh, the light at the end of the tunnel is to be creating my own content in terms of TV shows, films, and documentaries.
1: Mm-hmm, so
2: mm-hmm. That, those are definitely on horizon. I love that Netflix is, you know, looking at more black talent. But as I said in the previous show with Andre, I actually wouldn't mind to have our own type of platform to have these type of uh, this type of genre content. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would actually get all the proceeds to that.
0: No, for sure. And I, I need to What I need to do is take a look at a couple of things. So um, I know Dame Dash has his own streaming service. Uh, Poppington Pop, TV. Okay. Um, or Poppington. He has his own streaming service. I haven't gotten a chance to look it out. I downloaded the app, but I haven't like did a subscription or anything like that. But he has his own content. And then there's a there's a black owned streaming service called Quelly. That's K-W-E-L-I TV. Um, haven't checked them out yet, but that's another stream service. I think there's some other streaming services as well that are Black-owned and Black content.
2: There we go. Okay.
0: So it's been done. It's been I'm done.
2: Definitely with that. Hmm. Okay, okay. And out of curiosity for you, were there any films that you were interested in watching that you think Creative Gord would do a great review for any films you have seen already that you think would that I pro, that I may have not seen that I could watch so we can actually do a, another film review because I keep getting a lot of great reviews for that Black Panther review.
0: Hmm. That's um. You know what? Um, I nothing that comes off the top of my head. I usually I usually watch a lot of documentaries. Um Okay. I haven't watched like many movies or anything in a in a, in a little while. Um, so whenever. You know, the sequel to Black Panther come out. You know, that's definitely up there. Um, And I'm trying to think about what movies might be coming down the pipe. Just Mercy. Yeah, Just Mercy for sure. Oh, that's a good one,
2: yeah.
0: Just Mercy would be a good one. Birthday Twin. That would definitely definitely be a good one.
2: Also co-starred in Black Panther. Look at that. Look at the synchronicity. Dino. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That would definitely be good. That would definitely be good. All
2: right. And mm-hmm. does anyone in the comments have one last question before we end the stream? Make it hot. Make it juicy. And please don't hold back, guys. You know who you're talking to. We're going to keep it a, a stack. <laughs> right. But I'm definitely curious about well, the, well, the
0: question. While well, they're generating questions. Mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, good brother, Um, you travel a lot. You have Wanderlust, right? Yes. Favorite place you've ever been?
2: So I get asked this question a lot. So there has to be a two-part answer. Okay. So I would say I'd, I would have to break it down in region, and but also ever. So in terms of region, I would have to say Europe. So in Europe, specifically, Italy. So even though Italy has a lot of issues with racism, especially in professional sports, when I was there, at least, they were probably the one of the most hospitable nations that I've ever experienced. And they meet you halfway, if you're at least trying to meet them halfway language-wise. Not to mention, I have an old world name, as you do, sir. Right. So I do appreciate that, that esoteric history and and wisdom with that comes with these powerful names that have stood the test of time. And Italy is a blend of the ancient world. All the way back to the biblical times and the modern world. So I like to see that that duality. So you kind of when you're you're, when you're walking in places where, you know, Christ walked, it has a, a certain gravitas to it. Hmm. The reason why I would want to go to Israel. Uh, <clears throat> favorite place all time definitely has to be Jamaica. And, <laughs> and in fact, uh, I've almost talked my parents into retiring there. So that is a goal as well.
0: Is that right? Okay. Okay. Never been to Italy, um, but a man and I did honeymoon mm. in Jamaica. I remember. Lo- loved it. Loved it. And I already told people. Until I am taken to
2: Haiti. We talked about this a lot.
0: I'm we Jamaican. I'm brother. I'm Jamaican until I get taken to Haiti. So Jamaican, you know, me and my me and my brother Dean, you know, we, no, we Jamaican. Gua, gua we, we Jamaican. We Jamaican all day. They have superior patties. Don't <laughs> at me. Don't act me. Got superior patties that actually has meat in them, you know. So until I go to Haiti, right? I'm Jamaican.
2: Wagwan. <laughs> <laughs> and Mrs. Yizzy, any comments on your friendship for the last decade? It's beautiful to see black men uplift each other. Absolutely.
0: Oh, yeah. You want me to start?
2: Absolutely. Please.
0: Yo, want to be real. Yo, Josh got on my damn nerve. Freshman year of high school. I'm like, yo, who is this dude who comes into my room and slam dunks a ball into a hoop that's on my wall, pulls it down, and it's not even my hoop or my ball? And he's like, oh, later on we were talking. He's like, oh, damn, that wasn't your, that wasn't your hoop. That wasn't your ball? I'm like, no, it was my roommates. What's wrong with you? Um, and, you know, when we found out we were both like, you know, Aquarius. Um, and being you know not too far from each other in terms of our birthday um you know mine being January 20th his being February 9th we were like hey, you know that's dope that's dope um and from there it was just like you know all all love no drama you know and just being being chill with each other we just definitely had a um a time but like we we pushed each other's buttons when we were a little younger you know push each other's buttons you know josh be that do we play basketball you know you know he he want to be all nice and everything. So. <laughs> You know, he wanted to do certain things or whatnot. They tried to play football, and he was super tall and everything. He wanted to try to catch balls and there You think you think you nice? You think you? But he was nice in basketball. He played with Charlie Villanueva. He played with Joaquin Noah. He played with Loal Deng. He blocked one of them. I don't remember which one, but he blocked one of them.
2: Wayne Ellington, okay, and uh, Charlie Villanueva.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of them. you, yeah, you, mm-hmm. you blocked some people, and you know. So I mean, the evolution of us. You know have an opportunity to just grow together has been beautiful um and you know shout out to his parents too um <laughs> and my mother used to always give josh a little nickname <laughs> used to call him droopy draws because my brother used to sag the pants back in the day
2: it was know? very fashionable ladies. it was
0: fashionable it definitely was fashionable it definitely was fashionable but um you know um and and you know stood the test of time he was a groomsman at a man and i's wedding um and, uh, you know, it's, it's been nothing but love. It's been nothing but love. So I appreciate this, brother. Definitely do.
2: Absolutely. And thank you, sir, for saying that. And I appreciate you as a whole and also as a, a major force in my life. Because, again, as an only child, again, I've never experienced, you know, brothers or sisters. So to actually experience that in close proximity was incredibly valuable for me and my personal growth as a human being especially during the most let's say impressionable time of high school because statistically for people like us right we could be around impressionable people that will lead us down a different path Mm -hmm. so that to me that was the beauty and the amazing aspect of petty with having people who look like us there is that you have people who look like you on the similar trajectory and as mix alluded to there is that Positive, let's say, a uh, competitive aspect to be like, okay, let's let's push each other to be better, right? If one of us was doing something crazy, it was not. No one was above reproach to check someone, mm-hmm. which we appreciated long term. Even though obviously in high school you might be in your feelings and emotions, like, nah, I don't feel that way. But <laughs> long term, even 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 if it's at the end of the week, yo, I appreciate you. You appreciate you saying that. Like, I, I my head was. Not in the game, right? Pun absolutely mm-hmm. intended. Mm-hmm. And then the same aspect that Mikhail specifically, so we were in Western Civ together, and not just <laughs> Civ, the let's say the advanced version of Western Civ. So the fact that we were being a micro minority within that class, and it was it was a lot of fun to be able to not only be ourselves, but also be exposed to very stimulating literature. Things like The Secret and whatnot, see content like 12 Angry Men, which is still one of my favorite films today. And seeing how, you know, we were able to grow intellectually as well. And it kind of it literally gave credence to myself that actually was more than just an athlete. So Mikhail is one of the main reasons why I look at myself as an intellectual because growing up, Especially being that impressionable age, and everyone wants all your attention for things like basketball and all that external validation for that. It was never about my mind. Mm-hmm. But again, I could always be clever with Mikhail. He would understand. You guys can still see the dynamic today. There are times where we're supposed to be serious, and I could say one thing or have one expression, <laughs> and Mick would just crack up every single time. So I always appreciate that. I appreciate the growth. I appreciate the camaraderie, and I thank you, and I love you, good brother.
0: Yes, sir. I love you too, man. I really appreciate that because you know we we, we start off as friends, um, became brothers. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not, not but family, not but family for sure. You know, <laughs> and there's there's a lot of things, there's a lot of stories we can't tell online, you know, <laughs> on live, and you know, my, my brother Josh used to shout a certain thing when we were going through the hallway. You know. Oh. Sure. He used to let people know to clear the hallway, so you know that, <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, and you know, there's times when you know we were just like you talk about being a Western set, particularly being um, like pretty much the, the only two people of color in that class.
2: I think um, maybe
0: the only one,
2: might have been Heather, maybe
0: possibly. Um, I ain't gonna call no names or throw no shade, but um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, no, <laughs> no, but I think, I think one was Heather and one was probably Anne-Marie, um, right. another time. So, you know, just really being in that space and looking at each other, like, you going to say something? Nah, you we over here playing double dutch. Think about who's going to take this one. Um, so, you know, just going through that experience, you know, that's something that, you know, really molded us. Um, and we, we, we built a community there. I mean, we've had several folks from Petty on this stream, right. you know, Sean Darren, um, am I missing anybody? I know just is associated with what you call it, right? With uh, with uh, Game Seven, Uh, but we have folks on here, you know, and we have people in the comments, right? You know, we have people in the comments, all you know. So having all these folks, you know, at that space, if nothing else, leaving with those friendships, definitely, definitely. And those friendships, you become family members, even better.
2: Absolutely, and I would say if we're gonna look at things macro and long term. I love the aspect that we were able to observe the game at uh, at Petty together and also grow in terms of that. So actually get to see the privilege, Mm -hmm. but also get to see how we could make our way in that space Mm -hmm. and make it sustainable. Because as we know, statistically, most of our people will never get exposed to those opportunities or be able to understand what we've experienced. So I'm just glad that we're both at the same mentality. And again, other people there as well, mm-hmm. at the mentality where we have the that, that spiritual inclination to not only pay it forward, but also help get our people into those spaces as well. Even if it's not physically petty, but at least mentally get there and stimulate their mind to start thinking about things on that level. So yes, you too can have generational wealth. Mm-hmm. You just have to look at life differently, Let not always listen to what the music tells you or how films portray us or TV.
0: That's real. And you, you speaking that talk about the game and seeing that game, shout out to RC shout out to Cobra. You know, oh yes, even, please. Thank even, you. Even brother. those comments too. So, you know, you know, shout out for, for him, giving giving us the game mm-hmm. and being that trailblazer for us so we can stand on his shoulders and, you know, keep the legacy going. So yeah, man, it's been a journey, a beautiful one.
2: Absolutely. And to The next decade as well.
0: Yes, sir.
2: And all right, guys, we're going to end the stream here. Thank you for sticking with us on another viewer's choice. And we hope to have Dr. Ashley Oliver back at a certain time. And if possible, you know, depending on her schedule, if it could be monthly as well, that would be beautiful because I think her knowledge and wisdom is certainly needed on a monthly basis
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. absolutely so thank you guys enjoy the rest of your day and god bless you
0: repeat what they created and get power to hate but worst of all we disappoint
2: all the great
0: black lives matter black
1: lives matter yeah
2: hey. Black lives matter, black lives
1: matter. Yeah, hey, hey.